Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to MedterraCBD.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% off every single one of your orders. While you're still on the internet, you might as well check out LapKingRacing.com. That is a GPS system that's going to help you drop those lap times and try and beat that lap time every time you hit the track. And you can upload all kinds of tracks, uh, whether it be your local track in your backyard or one of your favorite uh, AMA national or, or Canadian national tracks. You can go ahead and do that. And when you shop, you can save 15% with Big MX Radio 15 upon checkout. I am your host, Brad Gephardt. I'm on all of these shows. Fortunately, every once in a while, we get a great ambassador to Canadian Moto to come on the podcast. He knows way too much about the series and the, the ins and outs of it, and he's got a, a huge well of knowledge when it comes to racecraft, and it's uh, he's a huge benefit to have him on this podcast. He's none other than Chris Pomeroy from MXP Magazine. How's it going? It's going good tonight, man. I'm uh, I'm pumped to be back on the show. It seems like I'm uh, becoming a bit of a bit of a regular and stuff, so um, yes, no, thanks for Thanks for reaching out again, and um, I appreciate you uh, entertaining my thoughts. Absolutely. It's only a matter of time before this is the uh, MXP uh, podcast. Uh, I'm just waiting for that phone call to, to come out this way, where it just basically makes an official thing, where uh, all these podcasts are being broadcast to uh, all the Canadian listeners on your platform, which is a whole lot bigger than mine, but I appreciate you making some time for us here on the Big MX radio podcast because honestly Chris this season of Canadian motocross has been uh, just absolutely wild you've got uh, past champion past champions grabbing race wins you've got your 250 class that's just absolutely chock full of talent seems like a, a different winner every single weekend except for until this last weekend and uh, and honestly uh, this last weekend was the first time we saw a repeat winner in the 450 class so like only one repeat winner in five rounds that means we've had some parity in this class and we've seen a lot of different moto winners and stuff like that i'm excited about it i know you've been following every single moto uh as you've you've been on hand for a lot of them and now that we're on the east coast um that's more in your wheelhouse and i understand you yourself are uh getting the legs ready and and doing some serious riding preparing yourself for the walton transcan uh national which is uh is basically uh, earmarked as like Canada, honestly, it's why I think it's one of Canada's biggest races throughout the year, and uh, I know you always circle that one on the calendar uh, to be ready for. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for uh, for amateurs and uh, and pros alike, right? I mean, for the pros, it's it's the yeah. final round of the series, so um, you know, obviously, means a lot. And uh, for the amateurs, it's um, you know, I mean, there's there's other big amateur races throughout the year, which which are great, but. Um, you know, this is this is the one that uh, garners the most attention and um, the most competition. Um, you know, not only do you have, you know, not only are you going to be racing against people from you know almost every province, but um, you know from from the U.S. too. So um, yeah, this is the Transcan is it's not far for me. I mean, it's only just over an hour's drive, and uh, it's been a big part of. Uh, well, it's been a big part of my life, and now it's a it's a big part of uh, my son's life. So we're going to, um, yeah, we're going to go over and do it together again, and um, see, uh, have some fun, and 
hopefully Mother Nature cooperates this year and um, it's a you know a fun event so for sure like uh, <clears throat> Walton's definitely had and I guess every motocross track uh, in Canada at, at one point or another uh, has had its uh, fair share of mud races and stuff like that of course when we think of uh, Walton we think of uh, that one extremely muddy race where I think the second motos had to be uh, cancelled and uh, Blair Morgan headed out there on his uh, snowcross uh, sled if I'm not mistaken uh, I think that's the year that uh, Derek Fisher wrapped up his championship for Morgan Racing yeah, I think so. I mean, that was, uh, I guess that's going back to, to 2001. So yeah, a long time ago, but, um, yeah, that day was, uh, that day was particularly, particularly bad with a lot of water down in the, in the valley, valley areas of the track and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, thankfully we haven't seen, <clears throat> excuse me, weather, weather like that. We've had a couple of years where, where there's been some big storms, but, um, you know, I, I got a feeling that, that this event is due for, for a pretty special year this year i think uh I think so you know i think the weather um is going to cooperate for the most part and um yeah i mean i think i know that the walton crew has been working hard and you know i think when people show up at the gate on, on monday that uh you know they're probably they're going to be impressed with with what they see and you know i think this is going to be uh one of the best waltons that that we've ever seen so um I'm looking forward to it. I know, uh, like I said, my son's looking forward to it. Uh, the whole family's looking forward to it. Um, so yeah, but uh, you know, we got a little bit of uh, work to do before that, and there's a few more races to to happen before Transcan. So yes, sir. Five rounds down, three to go. Only six motos remain in the uh, Canadian Outdoor. Uh, MX series, uh, for that matter. Uh, of course, the the Triple Crown series is is all encompassing Supercross, Arena Cross, and Outdoor Motocross. Uh, but when it comes to the 250 class, there's one rider who has separated himself from the rest and grabbed grabbed a uh, stranglehold of the lead. With like I said, only six motos to go. Dylan Wright. He's let. He's won the last four motos of the series. Uh, and if you count uh, his his moto victory in in uh, Minnedosa, which I humbly honestly do, considering I think uh, his his penalty was uh, um, maybe not totally deserved. Uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, he's been he's been dominant on the, the second uh, half of the series here, and um, like looking looking good to uh, uh, wrap up the championship. But honestly, uh, Jess Pettis second place in the last two weekends he's finally uh, looks like he's uh back to full strength only 33 points back um like he's put himself in a position although he hasn't won a race yet this year uh he's probably in the in of anybody in, in a good position to uh make make this a, a pretty interesting uh challenge uh down the stretch here yeah no for sure i mean everything everything you just mentioned there um you know dead accurate um you know dylan's been you know he's been he's been on fire and um you know he's on the the cover of the latest MXP issue that just came out last week so uh, I think we, yes, we sir. picked a good uh <laughs> a big cover cover subject so um no he's been he's been good and um you know I, I like the I like the fact that he's that he's won motos and he's found success um you know different different ways I mean he, he's whole shotted and and won he's come from behind and won um you know he's been leading and crashed and got up and passed again and won. I mean, he's just finds a way to to get it done. And um, you know Sandalee, he got caught up um, 
kind of in a first turn. I don't, I don't know if it was a pilot, but, uh, you know, he, he got going near the back of the pack, and, you know, you kind of thought, well, you know, this is it. Someone's going to, you know, break his, his moto win streak. And, um, you know, he just found a way to get to the front. And, um, yep. you know, it's 40 degrees with, with the Humidex, and, I mean, it was a scorching hot day, and, and you know, I'm sure everyone was suffering and um but you know dylan just kept kept pushing i mean right now right now i think he's he's on a little you know higher level than than even um you know you mentioned pettis um pettis been getting stronger every week uh both physically and um you know and mentally i think that's probably the last last key to last piece to his puzzle is just the mental side of it you know just getting out there getting that confidence back that he that he had a year ago um but uh you know when he's got out and and put himself in a good position and been in the lead um you know he still had to look behind and see uh dylan wright coming so um you know pettis has a little ways to go i think before he's um he's quite at that level but uh you know i see i definitely see pettis winning another moto here probably coming up soon and maybe even an overall before before the series is over because uh, he's just way too talented he's worked way too hard and um you know he's a past champion so um you know that kind of speaks for itself so i think we're going to see some good things from him in the coming weeks and um you know i don't see why we wouldn't see much of the same from from dylan wright for sure, Dylan has been the class of the field. Uh, what, yeah, like you said, whether he's coming from the back or he's uh, taking uh, whole shots and running away with the races, he, like you said, he's found ways to win all the different ways you can think of. And on his worst days, uh, he's come out pretty pretty well on top of that as well. Uh, like a lot of people have, don't uh, remember that uh, was it uh, the second race of the year in. Uh, uh, in Prince George, where the, the the subframe comes apart, and he salvages a second on the day, like that's that, that's pretty rare air uh, for for a guy who uh, like a, there's a lot there's a lot, not a lot of guys who would have been able to salvage that, get it to the finish line, and, and and still like he's only had one weekend of the whole the whole series so far where he's not on the podium, and that was because of a penalty that uh, that was handed down to him. Otherwise, he'd have an even bigger points lead. So, um, like you said, uh, Dylan Wright has not put a, a wheel wrong so far this year, and uh, he's definitely uh, shown the way. And and there's not honestly there's not too many other guys uh, in the class that have had too much to say about it. Like he, they haven't been able to consistently stay ahead of him in uh, in motos, and that's why he's got the points lead he has right now. Um, of the 250 riders, who do you think has had the most, like, sort of the most impressive uh, season so far? Like, I, I kind of point to a Marshall Welton who doesn't, well, hasn't raced any of these tracks before. If he has, maybe just uh, um, go for Dunes, and uh, definitely a step forward in the right direction from Tanner Ward this year, sixth in points. Uh, he's actually the only guy in the top six that, or there's only two of them in the top six that don't have a race win so far, uh, and he's certainly been consistent in uh, staying in that top ten or top five uh, finish. So I'm I'm really impressed with him. Who's kind of jumped off the board at you? Well, I mean, other than the you know the two that we talked about with uh, Dylan and Jess, um, you know, I think I think Tyler is has held his own in that class um yep. especially in the last uh the last couple of weeks um he's had some spent some time 
leading the race, which uh, which I think for him is is huge. Um, you know, he had a little mishap um, at Sandalee in the first moto while leading. You know, made a little mistake and and crashed. But um, you know, I think he's getting he's getting better, and I think he'll. You know, I think the best is, is yet to come in the next few weeks for for him for sure. Um, I would agree. You know, um, you mentioned uh, Welton. Um, you know, he came into Gopher obviously with the red plate, and you know, I think a lot of people were were looking at him to to really find success um, both at Gopher and last weekend at Sandalee. But um, for whatever reason, um, you know, I I don't know why I, I haven't uh, really with the races being so. Um, you know, just I guess physically demanding for for everyone that's in attendance, right. whether it's you know media guys like running around, yeah. whether it's yep. you know head head referee, the ride. I mean, it's just they've been two really super tough days, and um, so I haven't had a chance to to really dig into um, to the Welton story. There's there's got to be some some issues there. Um, I know at Sandali, you know, the first moto. Um, I think I saw that he was 35th. He went 35-5 on on the weekend. So, um, you know, I I think everyone, probably even including himself, expected a little more success the last uh, the last couple of weeks. But um, you know, he's he's figuring stuff out. And um, you know, I uh, Osby's. I think everyone else is just. You could throw that whole group, um, Welton, Osby. Um, you know, Tanner Ward, um, Canella, uh, just that whole that whole group, um, except for for Pettis and, and Dylan. Um, I think they're just struggling to to just find that consistency. Um, yeah, no, you could put them in the blender. Like you could say that uh, Medaglia is going to get third. You could also say he's going to get eighth, and or maybe not eighth, but yeah, eighth. Um, and and you wouldn't be too totally surprised. Same thing with Marco Canella. You could tell me he's going to get eighth, and you could tell me he's going to get third. Like, I'm not surprised with either result. You just, you can put these guys in a blender, and how they come out is how they come out. Yeah, and I think you know I I think that happens sometimes when you get um, you know when you get one guy really dominating um, the field, and you know they're they're not they're chasing. You know, right now they're really chasing you know one guy, and um, yep. you know, like we said, when he starts behind, it doesn't matter. He's coming, you know, he's going to be coming by you at some point. Um, when he starts ahead, you know, you you do your best to keep him in sight. He's just finding. He's got these guys, I think, mentally mentally beat right now, and it's up to them to to respond and to make adjustments. And you know, I think. To try to make adjustments and to find to try to find speed midway through a series is, um, you know, it's really difficult. And I think you're seeing some of these guys, you know, make a few mistakes um, just because they're just trying to to get better. They're trying to find those improvements. They're trying to, you know, match the speed of of Dylan. And um, you know, that's like I said, that's just what's really hard to do. I mean, you you really want to come into a series you know 100 percent ready to go and um, if you do great um, but if you don't then it's really hard to to just 
switch it up and, and find a little bit more halfway through a series and stuff. So I think that's why you're seeing guys, you know, make a few mistakes, mm-hmm. um, struggle with consistency, um, just because they're just basically trying different things to to get some more speed. Absolutely, and, and a little bit also comes into I think those guys are, are having a little bit of hard time finding their their identity in the series. If they're they're really not uh, asserting themselves at the front and leading, they're watching this, another guy basically just take a stranglehold of things, and uh, that's tough to keep up with. Hey, Big MX listeners, thanks for listening to this episode. Check out these commercials, support our sponsors. We'll be right back to the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, Big MX listeners, let's talk a little bit about Sick Wicks Candles. Sick Wicks is the small business that you may not have heard of so far, and that's why they're on the show right now. That's why we need to get you informed. Soy-based candles are phenomenal. They're not made with the same harmful chemicals that a paraffin wax candle are made from, and the scents are unbelievable. You need to check these out. The Morning Moto smells like coffee. The Privateer smells like beer, as it should. All these awesome candles, you gotta check them out. They're motocross dedicated and uh, they, they, they burn nice and clean. They got that wood wick that sounds awesome and it pops and crackles just like a real fire. And uh, it's gonna make your garage smell better. It's gonna make your living room smell better. And if you take them into the bedroom, don't tell me about it, but enjoy it. You're gonna love these candles and you can find them at sickwicks.com. Head there right now. Enjoy them and you're gonna love them. Absolutely. Check them out. Only recently have the health benefits of CBD products been acknowledged by the masses. CBD is every bit as powerful as it is misunderstood. In the past, we've known so little about a vital system that exists in every single one of us. Medterra CBD products promote wellness and overall improved health so that you can be your very best each day. A passionate and dedicated staff have developed an impressive lineup of CBD products which help as a sleep aid, an anti-inflammatory, and for pain relief. Why choose Medterra CBD? Medterra CBD products are of the highest quality, purity tests are done extremely frequently, and their responsive and dedicated customer care team will guide you through your CBD journey. For more information or to browse Medterra CBD's products, please visit www.medterracbd.com. Medterra CBD, our CBD, your health. Since 1979, Maxima USA has changed lubrication. Industry-leading products have equated to hundreds of championships wherever quality lubricants are needed. Maxima has built a reputation for great quality by earning lifelong customers one at a time. Customers who trust in the complete lineup of products from Maxima USA. From our flagship Castor 927 mixing oil to our famous SC1 and the full array of market-leading products, Maxima has what you need on the track and in the garage. Maxima racing oils are proudly made in the USA. For more information, visit www.maximausa.com. Big MX listeners, Supercross season is coming, and that means the return of the collective experience. Nobody brings you closer. Nobody gives you an exclusive experience where you are part of a privateer's racing program throughout the day. I'm talking pre-race strategy, filming practice sessions, 
talking about the racetrack, meeting the riders, getting cool swag, getting to hang out with guys like Dave Drakes, getting to hang out with guys like me at the track. It's an awesome program and the money goes right back to the privateers. You're actually supporting their racing program and you get a really cool experience. Check it out, Google. The collective experience, first thing that pops up, you can check out their intern program, you can check out all that fun stuff. You guys need to get on this program. Check it out. You can like Collective EX, I believe, on Instagram. Uh, the Collective XP is their uh, website, I believe. Check them out. The Collective Experience. Dave Drake's over there, great friend of mine, and he wants you guys to be part of this program. Check it out. Can't wait to see you there. The Collective Experience, a proud sponsor of the Big MX Radio podcast. What's up, Big MX Radio listeners? I can't thank you enough for listening to this episode of the Big MX Radio podcast. It means so much to me that you guys would take time out of your day to listen to the podcast. Hopefully, you're entertained. Hopefully, you guys find some information that you didn't already get from another podcast. And uh, if you guys have any requests whatsoever on content you'd like to see on the Big MX Radio podcast, please send me either a direct message on Instagram. If you're not already following, I hope you do. It's Brad Gebhardt 88 on Instagram. And you can also find me via email, bradgebhardt 88 at gmail.com. Hit me up in the DMs. And uh, thank you again for listening to these uh, really important commercials. Uh, we do our best to uh, plug our sponsors and hope that you guys support our sponsors like Medterra CBD as well as uh, Maxima Racing Oils and uh, Fly Racing is coming on soon and uh, really looking forward to that. So thanks again for listening to the Big MX Radio podcast. Garrett, Dale, all, all my good friends that are listening, I really appreciate you guys uh, making the time to listen to the podcast and uh, thanks again and uh, let's get back to the show. Uh, let's let's switch things over to the 450 class and uh, and address the the big angry elephant in the room, of course, before we get to the the basically the championship talk because uh, the guy we're talking about is, for lack of better term, probably uh, effectively removed himself from this outdoor championship as far as um, taking some some serious swings at it. Uh, Phil Nicoletti this last weekend. Um, was fighting hard for a, uh, a, a, I believe he was fighting for second place in uh, the first moto, and or I believe it was second moto, and uh, yeah, like came together with Michael Essi. There was words exchanged and this, that, and everything. Um, yeah, n- not something that uh, I don't think that uh, Phil's ex- extremely proud of, and uh, he was handed down a, a disqualification from the race weekend, receiving zero points, and now sits 60 points back. Um, for uh, for his efforts, um, rather than holding the, the a share of the points lead when he rolled into that round, um, <clears throat> what, what's your take on this whole sort of the way it all went down? I don't know if you saw anything. Uh, maybe you can just sort of give me your your perspective of this whole situation. Well, I mean, I you know as we sit here, you know tonight and stuff. I mean, you know, I saw I saw everything unfold. You know whether it was, uh, you know, Phil's first moto crash, you know, while running um, second, um, you know, and then he had to pull in for, for I believe, with a radiator change. I yeah. mean, when's the la- when's the last time you saw a pit stop Never. of that magnitude in, in our sport? Where, where a team? Uh, I mean, I know I was up in the in the tower with, with. Um, Steve Sims, you know, Phil's team manager, and, and the moment, you know, Phil crashed and, and got going again, um, 
you know, he he ran down from the tower and um, ran, you know, ran to the pits and I guess <laughs> got a spare rat and, and took it to the mechanics area. So, um, you know, that, you know, just kind of that, that teamwork. And I know, he, you know, he ended up scoring no points that moto, but still, I mean, just to come together as a team and to get that much work done in, I, I believe, a seven-minute pit yeah. stop. Um, That's incredible. You know, pretty remarkable, and um, you know, it's, it's just too bad that it's, you know, no one's, you know, that's kind of gone unnoticed now. But uh, you know, I will say that uh, I, you know, as I wrote in my my Monday my Monday column, um, you know, I can see, I can see honestly both sides of it. Um, you know, the first the first pass, which you know sent Nicoletti off the track. Um, you know, Alessi, in, in his defense, was you know fighting for for an overall victory, yep. um, which would have given him you know a, a second, obviously a second overall in in as many weeks. Mm-hmm. And you know, I would assume that that he's on uh, you know mostly or certainly a, a large bonus program. Um, so you know, overall wins. They mean a lot to uh, to these guys, so um, you know. And he's second in points. Like, the, like as much as like, he wants that position, the, those valuable points ever bit as much as Phil does, honestly. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, there, you know, that was it was, you know, it was. I don't want to say cheap, but you know, it was. It's racing, right? And um, mm-hmm. it's one of those situations where, you know, if you're lessy, then you do whatever it takes. Um, if you're on the receiving end of it, as Phil was, then you know you're pissed off. And you oh, know sure. I've been on, I've been on both sides of it. And you know, if you give it, great. If you're the one getting it, then you know you're incensed, and you know you can't. You just see red, and you're furious, right? And then um, the second time that Phil caught up to Mike, and you know Mike was kind of, you know, looking a bit behind, and weaving around the track and um, as Michael Essie does like let's keep in mind that this is something that Michael Essie for the most part like if you go back in his career Mike's always had that kind of like look around and try and cut people off sort of like he, when he's, he's when he's sort of cornered like that he, he's always had those mannerisms this is not new no I mean you know he's a, he's a good uh, defensive rider you know he's a good de- he's a good defensive rider some you know some guys are some guys aren't um you know he's he's been very good over the years at, at making his his bike you know as wide as possible. Um, you know, and um, I'm sure that didn't didn't help the situation. Um, you know, Phil was was obviously already already angry, and I'm sure that uh, that didn't help things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so like I said, I mean, I can I can see I've been in both both situations um you know i don't think i've looked behind and weaved around but i've certainly you know looked over in the air at another rider and cut over on them to block yeah. them when we land Take away I mean, their space a little bit that's racing. yeah i mean that's you know that's just as bad and um you know that pisses other riders off just as much so um but i've also been you know on the side that phil's been on where you go to pass someone and you think you have the pass made and then out of nowhere you know, you 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 end up getting 
punted off the track and stuff. So um, I could totally see Phil's anger. Um, you know, the only, you know, I think the only thing, and it's it's a shame, is that, you know, Phil chose that particular time, um, you know, with that audience to voice his... Uh, his opinion and um you know if he if he said it to him you know in private or you know where there wasn't oh, so yeah, many like people out there on or, the track or, when it's just the two of you whatever yeah or in, you know even in the, the pits after um you know that's another thing altogether i think we've mm-hmm. all you know said you know said words similar um oh, yeah you know well, um, that language gets tossed around at beer league hockey games on a daily basis yeah, and I mean, you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but you know, um, that's what you know. It happens, and um, mm-hmm. like I said, I mean, the only thing I think that that Phil, you know, probably would take back is the fact that you know where he did it, right? And yeah. um, this day and age, you know, we we talked about it before. This day and age, you can't, uh, you know, you just can't do that stuff because there's always somebody there's always someone watching you know there's always someone with a camera with a phone um you know there's always someone sitting there judging your uh judging your behavior and you have to be responsible for it so um you know for that uh you know i'm sure phil is very uh i'm sure he regrets it um i think it's one of those things too where you know we're all we've all been fired up in the moments after you know something something goes wrong and um you know if you if you just wait you know 15 20 minutes then all of a sudden it's not that big of a deal anymore right and um you know it's you know it's too bad because um i don't know phil you know very well obviously but um you know the conversations i've I've had with him this year um and the conversations i've heard him have with with other riders um you know he's very uh you know he's very respectful he's very articulate yep. um, I agree. you know he's 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 a very smart rider and a smart individual and um you know the way he explains you know we did an interview after after prince george and you know the way he explained what just happened on the track um you know there's not a lot of riders out there at his level that can um you know, explain stuff and articulate on, on thoughts like Phil. So, um, yeah. you know, I think he's, uh, you know, I think he's a good guy. He was just obviously in a bad situation. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I will say that, you know, I heard now this is secondhand, secondhand news, but, uh, you know, I heard after the, you know, after the altercation at the podium, you know, as he was walking back to, to the pits, um, you know, he as he's walking by the starting line um, to get back to the, to where his truck was. Um, the second women's moto was on the line, and uh, you know, Phil he obviously calmed down by then. Like I said, I mean, you know, fifteen twenty minutes later, it's it's kind of not that big of a deal. But uh, oh, yeah. you know, he 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 took the time to to go up and, and wish a couple of the the women riders good luck, and um, you know, tell them a couple lines and stuff like that, and. Um, you know, so I mean, the guy's got a big heart, and and obviously he, uh, you know, he wears his heart in the sli- on his sleeve like uh, 
you know, like most like of guys do, right? Yeah, it's, it's, so. it's a passionate sport. Like let, let's let's remember uh, the fact that uh, like this is a passion. Uh, this is a passion built sport, and the fact that we just we love this sport, we'll, we're willing to sacrifice for it. We we sleep in our trucks sometimes. We enter our bank accounts for it. Um, this is a, a sport that we'll pretty much do anything for. And uh, like in the heat of the moment, sure, uh, you want to say say something that you for sure don't mean, but you say it because it's just it's just so primal. It's it, like it just gets pulled out of you. Like I think it's really unfortunate where it happened. Um, I think that honestly, like, like if, if like a month from now or a couple of weeks from now, the two of them would probably have a beer with each other. Uh, and you're totally right. Like every time that I've talked with Phil, um, yeah, he can be upset with so and so because of a, a a move on the track, but like he's also one of those guys that like like you said, about 20 minutes later, can also kind of laugh about it. Like, yeah, that guy's a jackass, and so and so. He'll like I'll get him back to next weekend or whatever. And uh, it's just. Uh, uh, in this in this case, cooler heads didn't prevail. Like uh, my actually, my only other question was, um, I don't know what position uh, Phil was awarded in that first that uh, that second moto. If he would have like not been DQ'd altogether, like that would have been a, like honestly, I don't know what what position he got in that moto, but that probably would have been a big step forward in the right direction after uh, a first moto with no points. Like now, he's basically completely eliminated himself from the running of this this particular championship. He's got to leapfrog four different guys to even sniff uh, a title that he was honestly probably the odds-on favorite of, of winning this year, uh, given the fact that now uh, Sean Moffenbeier with a, a broken collarbone and, uh, um, yeah, he's shown speed. So it's actually it's really unfortunate the way it all came to, came together. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I hate, I'm not, I hate to sound, I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, condoning, you know, what he did or, or you know, the words he chose, Um you know, um, I'm not at all. I mean, it was, you know, it was wrong, and and like I yeah, said, we're all responsible. That. We're all responsible for for our behavior and and what we say and stuff like that, right? So, um, but you know, with that with that said, I mean, it's as I said before, it's too bad because um, you know, Phil would have finished. He actually would. He was in second. Like he finished second that moto, and he wasn't far off Gorky. And you know, I mean, that moto was. He came from. I believe he came from like six or something like that. Like he came from outside the top five, and you know, he passed. You know, Colton. You know, Thompson. Um, you know, eventually Alessi. Um, you know, and he got punted off the track. Um, got back on and I mean this was the motor was shortened by a few laps because of the heat but um, you know still that's a, this that's was all amazing actually this like, was all um, this was all late in the moto I mean you know he didn't he didn't have his his altercation with uh, with Alessi till I think after you know it's definitely after halfway at the, I want to say the 20 minute mark so um, you know to have that type of of energy um, to just you know, go off the track, regroup, come back at him. I mean, I'm sure, you know, anger was, was fueling a lot of a lot of his charge, but still, I mean, it was a great moto to watch and um, you know, what a great lesson for for the younger kids out there to just you know, to see a rider just not give up, right? And um you know, I mean he was he was going for it and um 
you know, faced a little adversity in the moto and still just kept going. Um, you know, it's just the after the moto where where you kind of wish you could have just paused it and and said, uh, you know, <laughs> let's just let's forget about the rest. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's too bad because no one's you know, not a lot of people are talking about that. You know, not a lot of people are talking about first moto and how the team fixed you know an amazing pit stop um Hero they're just talking about mechanic yep yeah they're just talking about that you know 30 seconds or so under uh under the tent under the tent of the podium right that's what people yeah. are uh, fixated on so it's kind of it's kind of sad but and well, you know what I, I will mm-hmm. i i will i will say too that um you know regardless of of what uh you know what Phil thought Alessi did in the moto, um, you know, I'm sure he thought, you know, him hitting him off the track was dirty, and I'm sure he was pissed off that, you know, when he caught him a second time that, that Mike was weaving around and, and looking around, but, um, you know, some of that might just be Mike kind of just, um, you know, making sure that he didn't get uh, completely you know, cleaned out himself, but, um, you know, it after the race um you know other than you know hearing phil maybe say to mike you know what you know you're an idiot um you know don't ever do that again you know Mm -hmm. that's fine but um you know mike shouldn't have to sit there and and listen to that too um you know someone go at him like that especially in that that manner of you know standing over top of him and Mm -hmm. um finger in your face you know, sort of thing like uh yeah i mean you know that's not that's not right either for for mike so um it was just you know bad situation all around and um you know it's too bad that uh it's too bad it happened for sure i hope it uh you know i certainly hope i never see that again for sure and like i i sort of think that like uh I, if it was a different rider i don't think that um Phil, I don't know. I don't know if Phil would have done the exact same thing, or felt like he could get away with doing the same thing, um, given the fact that like Mike Alessi, with all of his history with like the Ryan Villapoto and uh, his battles with Dungey and his battles with pretty much everybody, there's been a lot of just a lot of stuff around um, Mike over the years. Um, I, I feel like sometimes people feel like they can almost get away with saying more things to. Uh, to Mike, like, or just more disrespectful things, just because so many other people have sort of beaten up on him over the years uh, for different things, and it, that doesn't make it right whatsoever. I just feel like maybe that's something that people feel like they can get away with. Um, but yeah, like I, like I said, it's really unfortunate that uh, the way it all went down, and uh, what's also overshadowed here is the fact that uh, um, the the next closest uh, competitor to Colton Fasciati in this championship is Mike Alessi and uh, and he was also docked some points uh, for the the going backwards on the track and whatnot uh, during the second moto. So uh, like uh, for the I believe the sixth time uh, Colton Colton Fasciati looking pretty good for a uh, a four fifty championship. Yeah, I mean you know I would just quickly just say that <clears throat> you know I don't. What what we saw with between Alessi and Nicoletti, um, you know, that didn't that didn't seem like something that just you know has happened. Um, you know, that wasn't the first time. I mean, it you know, that that kind that type that type of anger and you know stuff like that. I mean, that seems like it's been 
uh, festering for or building up for for a number of years and stuff. So, um, yeah. you know, I I don't think it's it's a coincidence that you know they're both um, you know have raced against each other for for a number of years and stuff. So, um, you know, that was kind of some bad blood I think from from years past. But um, you know, but anyway, moving you know mentioning Colton, I think uh, you know I think in that famous photo that um i think you know a bunch of photographers got it but uh the famous you know i want to say james lissamore photo of yep. you know nicoletti um yelling at at alessi under the tent and um you know i think i looked at that photo closely um you know just to see who's around and you know i kind of stopped it at colton sitting there and um you know whether it was you know whether it's his laid-back demeanor or whether the fact that he was just physically exhausted um but i think that you know i think that sums up um you know the class that that he has and the class that he's shown over the years um you know he just sat there and and um you know i'm sure inside he was like you know what the hell's happening here but uh you know on the outside he was you know just calm and you know almost just sitting there minding his, minding his own business and um you know that's kind of what he's doing this year i mean he's just going about you know going about his job and you know he's he's managed his championship um as well as any of his previous titles um you know um it came close to to losing the red plate at gopher but um found a way to uh to hang on to it and um yeah he's just doing what doing what colton does and um you know he's he's gotten you know i i would say you know one could say fortunate but um you know i don't know if it's if it's luck or getting fortunate but he's you know other he's let other people make mistakes and um you know guys have and and he's been there to capitalize on it so that's uh you know that's kind of what he's what he's done in the past and then what he's continuing to do this year yeah no like i think i I also looked at that photo and you just sort of see the uh the calm demeanor of one colton foss yachty just sort of laying there hands behind his head and just like i can't believe what's going on right now but i do have a points lead and uh i'm i'm more than likely just gonna continue doing what i do which is uh knock down moto victories championships and uh um a pretty cool swan song for a guy who has had a pretty fantastic uh championship uh or his career uh in canadian motocross coming from bc relocating himself riding literally just about every brand you can think of other than yellow uh although i, I think he wrote a uh, a kawasaki suzuki 250f thing so you could almost count that as also riding yellow uh for the leading edge guys uh when the 250f was in its infancy uh he's raced two strokes he's raced four strokes he's raced uh austrian bikes he's raced hondas yamahas you name it and most of them have had a number one plate on them at some point or another he's battled back from injuries and uh 
Uh, just a, a great sort of farewell and a great last season here from Colton, who uh, uh, I think a lot of people were surprised that he even wanted to come back and, and torture himself for another uh, round because, like, like uh, a lot of these guys who do so much winning, they don't have much else to prove uh, other than I can do it one more time. And uh, he's done. He's as, as of right now, he's done that. He's shown that uh, he's still the guy to beat and uh, will more than likely retire with the number one uh, on the on the front of his Honda. And uh, I think that's pretty cool like there's not too many people that they get to call their shot like that no i mean it's uh you know <clears throat> at this level it's you know things are are unpredictable and um you know a lot of guys have wanted to go out on top and uh haven't been able to so um you know i, I think he's got uh he obviously has a little ways little ways to go um you know he's certainly in the driver's seat but uh um you know, I think he's just done a done a great job of uh, just. It's the old cliche, right? He's just he's taken it uh, he's taken it one moto at a time, and you know he's just quietly, um, you know, put himself in uh, in good positions, and um, you know he, he's fought hard when he's when he's had to. Um, you know, he's taken. I think he's. Uh, you know, we talk about experience and, you know, how much it means in certain situations. Um, you know, I think with Colton, I think one thing that he, he's really gotten good at over the over the last couple years, and, um, you know, I think it's probably been one of the the biggest things that, that he's had to, to change in his uh, approach to racing um, is that he's, he's really good at... Uh, just kind of taking what each track gives them and um you know it can vary from practice to qualifying to first moto second moto um you know the track's always you know it's ever it's an evolving you know living breathing beast kind of thing and um you know it's never the never the same and uh colton's done a great job you know last year the last couple of years i think is and he's doing it again this year where he's just you know he goes out and um, you know, if the if he likes what he sees and he he finds that feel, then uh, you know we've seen him take off to a victory. Um, you know, if he's if he's fighting something, if he's you know not quite there, um, which you know at his age, you know it's not every day is going to be going to be incredible. So um, you know he, he's just done a good job of just taking what everything taking what it gives them and then just making the best of it right so um yeah a couple more motos to go and and we'll see uh we'll see what happens i mean just for the just for the sake of history and um you know just for the sake of his long his long career um you know i hope he he wins one more and then um you know can go out the way he wants to, and then uh, it's time for for other guys to step up and, and start their own streak. Absolutely, like, you can't wait to see like, so the next era start to roll in and have the, these young guys uh, take hold of some championships. Before I let you go, Chris, and I know that it's uh, we're literally at the eleven o'clock hour out east, and I'm sorry to keep you up as long as long as I have. But uh, last question for you: uh, can't let you off the phone without uh, digging a little bit into some some of those amazing stories that you have in your repertoire. And uh, like, given the fact we had that uh, that off off track incident between Phil and Mike. 
Can you give me even one story? You don't have to give names, but a time when someone uh, really either you pissed somebody off so bad uh, to the point where uh, there was an altercation or maybe like a uh, an exchanging of words maybe uh, after a race or someone else that uh, uh, got in your way so badly that uh, uh, cooler heads did not prevail. Well, I mean, I was, you know, I was reg- regrettably, um, you know, pretty passionate um intense maybe is a better word um you know everyone's passionate and stuff like that but uh you know there was there was a few times after some races where you know i wasn't happy with something or you know something that another rider had done um and i would let them know it after the race um you know usually as we're just riding back to the truck and stuff like that so um you know that was you know i wish looking back on it is you know ridiculous and stuff like that but um no i mean there was there was one time um that it really that it really kind of boiled over um and it was you know i i think comparing it to to what happened with phil um you know i think phil not that it's an excuse or anything like that but you know i'm sure he was during that second moto he was frustrated because of what happened in the first moto right so it was carried over built up and then all of a sudden you know that was just the the is it like a ticking time bomb kind of thing but um you know with me you know towards the end of of my uh my full-time racing career and stuff i mean i was frustrated because i'd uh i knew it was you know i knew the end was was coming and I'd had a couple, um, I think the year was, two. I want to say it's 2001. So, um, you know, I was definitely at the end of, end of my rope. And um, I was, 2001 started off pretty poorly. And confidence sunk and I was just frustrated and all the above. And, um, and then towards the end of the year, I'd started to, I'd switch bikes actually half of the year. I started with two Kawasaki, and then things just were not. We were not seeing eye to eye on, on everything. I knew it was kind of my last year, so I was like, I'm going to go out. You know, if I'm going to do this, could be my last year. I at least want to be somewhat happy, so I um, gave all my Kawasaki's back, parted ways with them, borrowed a YZ250 off um, Mark Stolly Brass of all all people because Yamaha had lent him. A YZ just to use for the season so he said oh, I'm not riding it so you take it for the last kind of month of the season and um, so anyway long story short I'd started to ride this bike really liked it started to get my confidence back um, I was going to ride the Montreal Supercross in 2001 and that was going to be like my last Supercross and so I was working hard to to get ready for that went to a local race and um, I don't even try. I can't even remember. I can't even remember the kid's name, but he had taken me out, not intentionally, but he'd taken me out and a bunch of other riders the year before at this race. Um, we always called it Mono Center because it was in a little village called Mono Center. But uh, anyway, he took took a whole bunch of us out off the start, and that's kind of what originally hurt my my back and stuff that crash so um i kind of didn't like him from that point of view or from that um 
that situation. So fast forward next year, getting confidence back, feeling really good, looking forward to Montreal, which was two weeks away. And I'm at this local race, and first moto I get second, and second moto I'm just like pumped. I knew I could win the moto, um, get a good start, and here comes this guy again, um, takes me out, cleans me out in the air, like jumps over, takes my front wheel out, down I go. Um, I wasn't hurt, but the nothing was broken, but the crash hurt like hell. And uh, I DNF'd, I went back to the truck. And then I was sitting at the truck, and all I hear is um, the announcer yell that this guy, I wish I could remember his name, I'm bad with names, but uh, anyway, this kid won the race. So all I hear is his name over the loudspeaker. Like, you know, so-and-so wins, and I'm like, that's it. I'm <laughs> So I start, I get get up, and I walk over, and I walk all the way across the pit area, to where his truck is and he's there with his team celebrating you know he was just a young kid god i i want to remember i'm going to remember as soon as we got off the phone i'm going to remember this of course. name but uh, text me <laughs> anyway um i walk right into under his tent um and just like go at him like you know i didn't i don't think i said you know i'm going to kill you but um you know i let him have it pretty good and uh, told him what i thought of him what i thought of his riding and then his his mechanic, like, we were, like, kind of face-to-face. And, you know, then his mechanic grabs me and puts me, like, in a headlock. And then another buddy who had followed, a buddy of mine who had followed us over, then he grabbed this guy. So I ended up turning into this kind of little mini melee under this tent and stuff. But, um, you know, the kid knew. I just wanted him to know how I felt. And uh, I think I got that point across pretty well but um yeah looking back there was there was a lot of you know little flip-offs after the race or you know kind of you suck get lot you know yeah next moto i'm gonna beat you but uh that was that was the only time that it really like came to like almost came to blows kind of thing so fair enough well uh yeah emotions run high it's a sport that we we love we adore it we spend a lot of time obsessing about it we go back in time we watch old races we we just uh we watch and rewatch these races and it uh it gets our bloods pumping that's why we love it so much but it can get the better of us at times and uh, and that's also one of the things that makes us talk until 11 o'clock at night about this damn sport but we love it so much and i appreciate you coming on the podcast uh, if you're if those who are listening are not already subscribe to MXP Magazine. They need to do that. If they're not already following MXP and uh, Palms MX on uh, on Instagram, they need to also do that. Where else can they find more information on all the stuff that you're doing? And I like what you're doing over at MXP there, Chris. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, I know, uh, you know, MXP, at MXP Mag on Instagram and, um, yes. you know, MXPMag.com is the website. Um, yeah, no, it's it's good like i said it's it's too bad what uh what went down on on sun or saturday at sandalee um mm-hmm. you know stole the thunder a little bit well we're just you know we're always you know wanting these guys to to show emotion and you know to show more personality and you know um a lot of them a lot of them don't right but um you know occasionally some do and i just think this is 
that was just a case of it just getting away getting away a little bit and uh like you said it's it's emotions right but um totally at the end of the day we're, we're all con- we're all uh in control of our emotions so yeah hopefully uh hopefully you come back is um you know there's been some great racing like you said at the top like you know unless he's won motos colton won motos um phil hasn't won a moto yet but um you know he certainly has ridden well enough to to win several right so uh he's he's good for the series and um yeah hopefully uh can't wait for moncton it's supposed to just actually checking the weather in moncton uh before you uh before we talked and uh moncton's yep. going to be another 30 degree day so um these guys aren't getting away from the heat just yet fair enough well that's uh, that's the other element of of uh, outdoor motocross is uh, not only doing uh the obstacles not only doing them in a fast manner but battling the elements all at the same time whether it be uh, uh hellish heat or the mud that came uh from the the rain that fell in uh, in minnedosa uh Chris Pomeroy here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Like I said, please go follow uh, MXP Meg on Instagram. Those guys do probably the better, best job out of anybody who covers uh, the Canadian Nationals uh, on, a, on a consistent basis. You guys absolutely knock it out of the park with one of the probably uh, the most preeminent photographers in Canadian motocross. Of course, that's the legendary uh, James Lissamore, who's been doing that for uh, damn near well over a decade, and he's been doing it at a high level. Um, like I said, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate the time as always, man. And uh, I hope that uh, we can chat again soon before this all gets wrapped up. Yeah, no. Uh, once again, thanks for thanks for having me. And um, yeah, hopefully we can. Uh, I'm sure we can chat again in a couple weeks yes. and and see what uh, maybe see what's happening as we uh, head into Walton Transcan. Yes, sir, my friend. Uh, you have a great rest of your evening. Don't hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there.